Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Hello, Andrew. Edwin, how are you, my friend? I am outstanding. You got a sharp blue shirt on today. I do. I know everyone can't appreciate that since we don't have the video up and running just yet, but it is sharp. Right, right. You know, in a sea of red... I think you would be the one man wearing a blue shirt. I think it just, uh, I think it compliments you well. (laughs) There will be a handful of our faithful listeners who will understand that inside joke. I feel like I'm listening listening to somebody else's podcast right now. Yeah, no kidding. That's that's a total, which is another inside joke, I guess. Maybe we should just get to Psalm 60. How about we you read it should. in your New King James Bible? <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Psalm 60. To the chief musician, set to Lily of the Testimony, a victim of David, for teaching. When he fought against Mesopotamia and Syria of Zobah, and Joab returned and killed 12,000 Edomites in the Valley of Salt. O oh God, you have cast us off. You have broken us down. You have been displeased. Oh, restore us again. You have made the earth tremble. You have broken it. Heal its breaches, for it is shaking. You have shown your people hard things. You have made us drink the wine of confusion. You have given a banner to those who fear you, that it may be displayed because of the truth, that your beloved may be delivered. Save with your right hand and hear me. God has spoken in his holiness. I will rejoice. I will divide Shechem and measure out the valley of Succoth. Gilead is mine, and Manasseh is mine. Ephraim also is the helmet for my head. Judah is my lawgiver. Moab is my washpot. Over Edom I will cast my shoe. Philistia, shout in triumph because of me. Who will bring me to the strong city? Who will lead me to Edom? Is it not you, O God? who cast us off? And you, O God, who did not go out with our armies? Give us help from trouble, for the help of man is useless. Through God we will do valiantly, for it is he who shall tread down our enemies. There's something in this psalm that I think is fascinating. I think because we are so used to the psalms, we might miss it. Okay. I want to. I want to bring this up. This is this is important. So let's talk a little bit about the historical context. We pointed out yesterday from the heading that we've got David has gone up to Aramea. Okay. To Aram, Mesopotamia. Mesopotamia. That's Aram Naharaim in the ESV, and then also Aram Zobah, which is a kingdom up there in the regions of Syria. Yep. And he has started to attack. What we find in 2 Samuel chapter 8 at the very beginning that uh, Hadadezer, the king of Zobah, had gone to the north, Mm -hmm. up to Euphrates, to try to restore and strengthen his kingdom in the north. So apparently what David does at that moment is he takes advantage of that. He attacks Zobah from the mm-hmm. south in order to do a little kingdom building and in order yeah. to do a little bit of expanding. You know, in Saul's days, they fought against Syria and Ammon and Moab and Edom. All of that was going on as oh, yeah. as the, the kingdom was being expanded, as the land promise was being further fulfilled. 
And I would just say that even after the days of David, you're going to find the kings of Israel and Judah fighting these same powers. Oh, yeah. I mean, Syria is a constant thorn in their side of the northern kingdom. So David has gone north. Mm -hmm. Now, in that context, in 2 Samuel 8 and in 1 Chronicles chapter 18, we do not hear about a defeat. Mm -hmm. But apparently... Zoba has gone up to the north, and David has used that as an, uh, as an excuse to go up and attack, as an opportunity. And he's up north with his armies. And so now the Edomites in the south mm -hmm. have decided to do the same thing to Israel that David is doing to Syria. And they apparently start attacking from the south. Mm -hmm. Just naturally, the most of the armies are up in the north. Yes. And so apparently Edom has a great victory mm -hmm. somehow. We don't, right. we don't know this strictly. However, we do find one little hint in the historical record in 1 Kings chapter 11 and verse 15. Okay. Now, here in 1 Kings chapter 11, we're in the reign of Solomon, and there's a throwback. There's a callback to right. something that happened in on. David's reign. For when David was in Edom and Joab, the commander of the army, went up to bury the slain, he struck down every male in Edom. So there, there is apparently something where they went to bury the slain, mm -hmm. which that gives us a little bit of a hint of, okay, there must have been some type of defeat right? Edom for Israel. Edom has attacked, and now Joab has gone to bury the slain. But while he's there mm -hmm. for six months, he attacks Edom. Yeah and has a complete victory, which that's the only part of it that gets mentioned in 2 Samuel 8 and 1 Chronicles 18, the victory. Right, and and it seems to be that after it is that victory, that's what's brought into this heading here in Psalm 60. Right. And if, if that construction holds, then really what we're seeing in Psalm 60 is the contemplation of first the defeat, yes. when under some, certain circumstances, Edomites must have had a, a gain or a, a victory over Israelites. Yeah. Which uh, David speaks to God about, and, and 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 then you know there's an appeal that God's going to give us this victory. Now, here, now here's the part. Okay, so having set that historical context, understanding here's what's happened. So David has gone up to the north, or he sent his armies up to the north, and now because they're up there, Edom has taken advantage and attacked the south, and had Edom has had a victory, Israel has had a great defeat. David is is just shocked. He's stunned. How can this sort of thing happen? But what what gets me, and this is the part I think that I would tend to miss just because I'm so used to the Psalms, but what David does not do is give credit to the gods of Edom. The Edomites were a people descendant of Esau. Yes. And uh, Esau, of course, was Jacob's brother, going back to the book of Genesis. But they they track a different way. They are not the chosen people of God. They're not or worshiping faithful. God. Right. Yeah. And so they have their own their own religions, their own God. Just like the Moabites and the Ammonites, these people, while they have some historical connection to the Israelites, some family connection, they've mm -hmm. gone after other gods. Yes. They but, would be Gentiles. But what's... What to me just really grabs my attention is that when David looks at this defeat, he mm -hmm. attributes their defeat not to the strength of the foreign gods. Right. No, that's a really good point. He, he doesn't sit back and say, oh, man, Yahweh, uh, I didn't know that Edomite gods were stronger than you. Or why were you up here instead of down there defending us? Couldn't you, couldn't you go to both places? He sees all of this and he says, God did this, mm -hmm. this. 
our God. And while Yahweh is not used in this, that word is not used in this psalm, we're talking about Yahweh, God of Israel. He says, it's you. You did this. You broke the land. Would you repair it? Mm -hmm. You didn't go out with us. Would you go out with us now? We lost because you weren't there. We're going to only win if you go with us. I, I guess then I begin to wonder, well, why why isn't God with them? Why wouldn't he be with them? You know, I, I and, and that causes me to go back and think about it in terms of we t- talked yesterday how God through Moses was going to teach the people the song, the song of Moses. They need to be prepared and taught. But in the book of Deuteronomy, in the book of Joshua, it is made clear to the Israelites that if they are faithful to God and they worship God, then God would go before them. God would drive out enemies of people or the enemy peoples. But if they were not faithful to God, if they began to live in the ways of the Canaanites, then God would not be with them. God would withdraw his protection, and those same peoples would be used as a as a, as a scourge against the Israelites. I, th- that is the promise. That is what we find throughout the conquest period. I will admit I struggle with trying to figure that out here because David is having victory in the north. Hmm. It, it seems that God is with them in the victory to the north. Which surprised me. I know one commentator said, yeah, David's not doing what he's supposed to by going and fighting in the north. Well, then why didn't God just give him defeat in the north? <laughs> I mean, it's not yeah. like God, God couldn't, let, couldn't make Zoba win, but he didn't. He gave David all kinds of victory in Zoba, but now there's apparently some defeat in Edom. So we're, we're left. I, David... You know, he doesn't say in this psalm, here's the sin we've committed, please forgive us. He doesn't. It's just, it, it's, but David but, is left not knowing why this happened, and we're actually left not knowing why this happened. But but he does say in verse 1, at least in the New King James, Oh God, you have cast us off. Mm-hmm. You have broken us down. You have been displeased. Oh, restore us again. Yeah. So the, the, um, understanding, I guess, is that we've done something wrong. We need to be restored. Or very much maybe like Job. I don't understand. I haven't done something wrong. I don't know why you're angry with me. Yeah. I I think but, we... But you've cast me off. But you've cast me off. Yeah. I do think we have to keep that in mind. This is one of those places where we're actually left in the dark about why this is happening and mm-hmm. why it's going on. But mm-hmm. what we do see in the light is David knows who the ultimate source is. David knows who is ultimately in control. And part of this is his own emotional processing and own emotional interpreting. This terrible defeat happened in the South because God is angry with us. I don't know why you're angry with us, but I tell you what I do know. I know you've promised to give us this land, so please... Now that we're going down and we're going to take up this battle again, go with us. Go with us this time so that we can have victory. Which, again, the heading itself demonstrates that he did. He did give victory because they end up having the victory in Edom in the Valley of Salt, which we find here in the heading. And then we find, again, in 2 Samuel 8 and 1 Chronicles 18. Yeah, I appreciate that. I, I guess I'm I'm just reflecting a little bit, kind of trying to build a a bridge of where we are today. Reflect away. Uh, that there are those times when it seems like um, we are having great victories and everything's going great for us. Um, and then just, yeah, right out of nowhere, sideswiped. Right oh. out of, not right out of nowhere, here comes a hurricane. Right out of nowhere, there's a car wreck. Right out of nowhere, you know, you get the call and there was a bad test result. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it can be uh, jarring and it can really shake a faith, I guess. Yes. Um, you know, what you say about what David doesn't do is put God on the um, stand, if you will, 
and say, well, this was a contest between you and the gods of the Edomites, and I guess you're not the real God. I guess it's the God of the Edomites after all. So he doesn't make that mistake, which I feel like people today are kind of want to do, that if anything bad happens, well, then we want to say, well, maybe there's not a God at all. Yeah, see, I was going to say that's the second thing he doesn't do. He doesn't act like God must not exist. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's not these other gods are stronger. It's not you must not exist. But there's also a third thing that he doesn't do. That Even though he is blaming God, and I, I mean, it's it's very much, it's... It's, it's kind of one of those psalms that I partially kind of want to step away as I'm reading it, lest the Lord like, like strikes our little recording studio with lightning for this kind of accusation back at him. And yet, even while David says, God, you've done this, you've done this, you've abandoned us, you've cast us off, you promised to do this, so please go do this with us. He, what David doesn't do is he doesn't abandon God. Well, if you're not going to do things my way, then I'm not going to serve you. Yeah. And that's that's another thing people do, whether they believe God exists or not, whether they whether they take bad things as evidence that God must not be with them or doesn't exist. There are a lot of folks that when these I liked your term a minute ago, sideswiped. Yeah. When out of the blue, we get sideswiped by this really negative, awful thing. Even if we're going to say, look, God's the one in control and we lay it at God's feet as people do. And here in the psalm, that's exactly what he does. He lays it at God's feet. But what he doesn't do is turn his back on God. Right. He turns to God. Mm -hmm. I don't understand why you've done this. This doesn't seem to be in keeping with your word. So now I'm going to pray to you and I'm going to pray that you keep your promises and you keep your word. Yeah. Yeah. David uses this. Not to give credit to other gods, mm-hmm. not to dismiss the existence of God, and he doesn't use it as an excuse to turn his back on God. He uses it as a reason to turn back to God. I don't know why you've done this, so I'm just going to double down on turning to you and asking for your blessing and your promises. I think those are three great principles that we can take with us uh, when we have those unexpected difficulties and, and sideswipes in life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, well, let's take it to God right now as we wrap up. Holy God, we we often go through things that we don't understand, and we do believe, and we know that you are sovereign over the universe, and therefore we do bring them to you. We lay them to your feet. Yes, it's true that these things wouldn't happen if you don't allow them to, and yes, it's true that some of these things happen because you wanted them to happen. We don't understand your ways. We don't understand your will. We don't know all the things that you're doing as you're piecing together Uh, your plan and your work in the life of every person on this planet and how amazing that is and how powerful you have to be to do that. So Lord, what we do is we just double down asking for your blessing. We know that you've promised us salvation in Jesus Christ. And as we go through these difficult and hard times and Satan wants us to believe that you've abandoned us, we know you haven't. And so we're going to hang on to you and we ask for the banner to be set up that we can flee to it and find deliverance. We ask for you to defeat our foes of Satan and sin and death, that you would conquer our fears and that you would hold us in your hand and bring us home to you in eternity. It's through your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. 
Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.